Welcome to the Elder Law Growth Podcast. Nobody should pass away without a solid plan in place, and everyone should be able to age with dignity. That is why we are on a mission to help elder law and estate planning firms grow their practices online so that they can create a lasting legacy for families everywhere. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of the Elder Law Growth Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan Hafner. I'm very, very excited for today's episode. I have a special guest on for you guys today, um, a man by the name of Mr. Jim Blake. He is the founder and creator of Bambiz Marketing, uh, the ultimate sponsor of this show, and the premier marketing agency for elder law and estate planning firms in America. So Jim is uh, joining us today. I have some really cool content, some questions to ask him, I think are going to be very, very useful to you guys. So hey, Jim, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Hey, Dan, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. So yeah, I mean, I guess let's just dive right into it. For those of you who don't know who Jim is, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, man. Awesome. Well, uh, yep, I'm Jim Blake. I founded Bambiz Marketing, which we only work with elder law and estate planning attorneys in the United States. Now, I'll let you kind of get into the questions and everything later on in the episode, but, but really we just found a need in the marketplace for elder law and estate planning attorneys. They were, um, a lot of them starting their new, new elder law practice, put the sign up on the door and the clients just, you know, didn't come in mass like they had planned or expected them to. So we were able to, to do some, some cool things online, get a influx of qualified people coming into their offices and uh, continue doing that now since 2016. So it's, it's been quite a while. Yeah. So five years. Wow. So, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't um, your wife kind of have a, a playing part in the, in the founding of the company as well? Yeah, but, but by, by accident almost. So yeah. my background's always been in sales and marketing basically since forever. <laughs> and my wife was doing event planning for some of the, the big companies out there that work with elder law estate planning attorneys. And the first one of those was elder council. And she would put on these big events for new elder law attorneys. And as her spouse, I would go to some of these events and, and meet the attorneys and, and just found that they needed a little bit of extra help and some handholding on some of their marketing efforts and was able to put some things in place and, and help them out, honestly, like as a favor and like at no charge at the beginning until it really started just blowing up. And then my wife ended up uh, finding a, a new position with the Heckerling Institute, which is uh, a big, uh, at the University of Miami, a big program for estate planning attorneys and the, and the same thing, right? So um, just this, these attorneys all over the country, they have a great legal knowledge and in order to get them in front of as many people as they possibly can in their communities, we just put together some great tricks and uh, online campaigns to get to get those qualified people just, you know, calling their office, signing up for their events, downloading their materials, that type of thing. Yeah. So you've mentioned that a couple of times now, because I mean, at least in in the marketing world, there, there's agencies popping up, it seems like wildfire, you know what I mean? Like just like absolutely crazy. So it's really, really cool, you know, that Bambas is only for state planning and elder law attorneys, you know, as we've prefaced on the show before. But so like you've already mentioned this a couple of times, like what are the types of things that you actually do when you talk about the tips and tricks and and the the methods that works? Like what what did you start with? What do you guys continue to do that works right now? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, the biggest thing, so my background when I was doing sales and marketing, it was in different industries like automotive, healthcare, fitness, and there's different industries that um, I had been working in. And we had been putting together, uh, you know, sales programs and marketing campaigns for these industries. So when I originally started helping uh, some of these elder law firms and estate planning firms, just like other agencies out there that don't know about the nuances with elder law and estate planning firms, you're going to default to some of the key elements and ideas that are universal in marketing and sales. Now, they work, but they don't work as good as what we've ended up editing and changing over the past five years. So we were like, hey, let's create it. I mean, the first one, I'll just go into detail. The first person we worked with, we had no idea what to do. We were just like, we can put together something and people will provide you with their contact information to get this thing. And the, our client actually put together a, a document where in case of someone, you know, becoming incapacitated or dying or whatever, they would leave this document behind that would have like their social media and online account, username and passwords and that type of thing. So that the person that is taking over their duties upon them being incapacitated or passing away can access those accounts. And so that's what we were providing and people were downloading it and, and it was working really good. And it kind of morphed into this big thing where we moved it into some of these workshops and live events. And what we ended up really dialing in was the difference of we're targeting these people who are, you know, caretakers or uh, adult children or seniors and how they utilize the internet is completely different than how I use the internet and how even younger people than myself use the internet or even how people just slightly younger than the adult children that these attorneys are targeting use the internet. It's just completely different um, how they look at ads, what they view as an ad, how they interact with ads, what they read, what they don't read, where their eyes go, where they're, you know, what gets clicks, what doesn't yeah. get clicks. It's just completely different. You know, I see an ad and I can like immediately snap in and say, that's an ad. And I don't even remember it. Right. Um, but there's certain things that some of the 55 and up, 60 and up crowd, especially those that are, you know, about to go into a nursing home or taking care of their senior parents or whatever that may be, they do stop and they do read certain things and they pay attention to certain things and they interact with um, different types of campaigns. And so that's what we've been able to dial in. And then as we've been able to dial in those campaigns over time, the, the data that we get on the back end from Facebook or Google or whatever, the analytics gets stronger and stronger because we can target more and more people that are very similar to those that are interested in engaging with those different attorneys throughout the country. Yeah, no, I love that. I bet that had to be a little bit difficult in the beginning when you talk about, you know, how the younger crowd online versus the older crowd online. I bet that kind of had to be a little bit difficult to figure out at first, like how are people 55, 65 and up going to respond to Facebook ads, right? Right. And like, why would they even be paying attention to them? Yeah. So how did, how did you overcome that? Like what, what, what did you actually do? So, I mean, we, over time, were able to do to a lot of split testing, <laughs> figure out the pain points that matter to those people. And from really dialing in on those particular pain points, coming up with templates and scripts and sequences and 
I don't know, action items or buttons that, that relate to those. And then using that at scale to, to get more and more results that we can target the audience down. So the nice thing is, you know, with a local attorney, you're only targeting people in your local area. So that's one thing that if you, if you work with like a marketing company that does national campaigns, it's a lot different of a campaign when you're targeting, you know, Coca-Cola throughout the country and trying to narrow it down to, hey, I live in Tampa, Florida, and I need to target people in Hillsborough County or Pinellas County, which is like the local areas there. So, and then of those counties only showing the ads to people that are qualified and why would they be qualified? So it's, it's, it's a little, it's a game. And the thing with working with an agency that's dialed in on that is that the learning curve is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's, you hit the nail on the head there with the, the learning curve, right? Because I mean, you, you probably see it all the time with firms who are like, you know what, like we're going to do this and we're just going to like figure out how to boost this post or we're going to, um, you know, kind of hack somebody else's ad that's going out there that seems to be working. And then they call you and they're like, Hey, wh why aren't these working? Right. And, and, and it's, it's exactly what you just said. There's a whole entire background of almost like years and thousands and thousands of dollars spent to figure this stuff out right yeah i mean just because you see something that works in the back the back there's a whole different platform where you can target things and split test things and analyze the data that's coming in and so that's the part that a lot of people just don't get or understand if you just blanketly throw an ad out there, it may or may not work. Typically, it doesn't work. We call that donating money to like Mark Zuckerberg yeah. you know, over at Facebook. But um, you could go in and with the data that you know we've accumulated, or you could create your own data. I mean, that's not a difficult thing to do. There's different uh, methods out there where you can learn this stuff. But the issue is, though, do most of the attorney like we work with are like the small and solo firms, or maybe they have a couple locations, two or three locations. They just don't have the the resources to devote to something like that. So they're going to need a couple full time people on board just to just to figure this out. And so some of the firms are like, "Well, I can do it myself. I I took a course on on this on online. That course is giving you the nuts and bolts of it, but it hasn't given you the practical application of it. So you're going to be spending a lot of money and time trying to become an expert at something that you're already an expert at, which is law, right? So you should spend your time at law and then leave that stuff up to either hiring somebody in that already knows as a full-time employee or using some type of a, you know, an external resource like an agency to come in and just get those results for you. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I guess to kind of play off of that and kind of move on to my next question I want to talk about was it kind of ties in was right. There's, there's really this this new versus old school type of marketing stuff that's going on these days, right? There's there's people who are still doing newspaper ads and billboards and TV commercials and those types of things, which which can get results. Like there's there's no there's no denying that those can get results, right? So what are I wanted to ask you, like what are some of the advantages that you see inside of like online and digital marketing methods that you can't really get with offline marketing methods? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing that you're gonna to have to start considering is immediate gratification versus long-term you know, success. Yes. And so if you have like a billboard out there, that's great. People drive by, they see your billboard. If you put something in the newspaper, they see it, they may or may not do anything with it, they throw it away. 
you know, you put something online again, they may or may not see it, but a lot of the stuff that you're doing online has like an action step in it, you know? So like everything that we do, like, I don't want to just put a video out there for a firm that's a beautiful video and very nice can be a commercial on a TV station or something that they look, they watch, they see it, they don't do anything. Maybe they go to the website, they click out of the website, that's it. So you want to have something that captures their attention. They click it, they give you their name, their phone number, their email address, whatever. They get something from you in return for that. You can then take them off of Facebook or Instagram or Google or wherever, and then use something like your email list or um, your CRM with texting or something like that so that you control that lead from that point on, right? And so that's that's the game changer for online if you look at it like that. And then you can also use those people to do stuff like, uh, you know, this year it's been a lot of webinars. In the past, it's been a lot of live workshops. But then again, you know, some of those people convert to a client immediately. Some of them don't. The people that do and don't, you can remarket to with your own email list that you're not paying for anymore. Um, so if you generate enough leads and contacts through your online marketing, you don't have to worry about paying as much in marketing in the future because you can remarket the people that you've already uh, captured their contact information. Yeah. I love, I love that you said long versus short game. I, I, we did an episode on that a couple, uh, I think it was episode two or three. And we talked about that with, especially with like lead follow-up time. So thank you for reinforcing that. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like you can take a campaign online and the nice thing about online too, is you can make changes. So like, Instead of printing yeah. out a postcard and mailing it out, if you were doing a webinar or a workshop, I mean, it has two dates or three dates on there. You can literally like fill a workshop, change the date, fill a workshop, change the date, add another date, time, do a whole bunch of things that you don't have the ability to do with like a direct mail piece because the direct mail piece is, you know, $10,000 a run or something like that to get one of those out in some cases. Yeah. So, so you're saving money and it's just a lot easier for you to, to work with. Yeah. Hey, actually, one thing I, w I thought of here just off the top of my head that I want to get your thoughts on are, so we've we've come up on a year now, right? This is a year of, of COVID-ness. It started, I believe, in March of last year, right? So we're a year into that at the time we're recording this. It's, it's late March of 2021. So I don't really want to spend time talking about the past year, right? Like what happened, happened. But, you know, in the next... I know you're not a government official. You're not like, you know, someone who knows the future, but in, inside of the elder law and estate planning world, inside of the workshops that people do inside of this particular area, like what are some of the things that you see? And I know this is different state to state, but like, what are some of the trends that you're seeing, you know, over the next maybe six months to a year of, you know, when, as people stop the social distancing, as, as this pandemic starts to maybe come to somewhat of an end, um, you know, what, what are, what are some things that, listeners of this show might be able to start taking advantage of or, or getting back to or even changing altogether with their with their business model and their marketing efforts. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, we've already seen a shift. But, you know, first off, do what you feel comfortable with doing, right? So I'm not going to tell somebody to do something that they don't feel comfortable doing or that's without the, <laughs> just put that, that warning out there for everybody. But I'm in Florida. That's where, that's where we're at, but we have clients all over the country. So we have clients in Florida that are, have resumed some in-person events. There's other clients throughout the country, even in the Northeast, even out West that have resumed in-person events. Um, and a lot of them haven't still at this point, they're doing workshops and webinars, 
the thing that we've seen so far are that the firms that have decided to resume in-person meetings, you know, and with the guidelines of whatever their local, you know, government has, has recommended, people are signing up for them, people are showing up for them, and the people that do show up for them are action takers. They've been locked up in their house for the past year, and the people that do come to one of these events, they're, they're ready to take action. The other side of it is, there's some firms out there that are like, I'm never going to do events again. I love the virtual thing. Um, and so there's going to be some firms out there that just never go back to that. And then there's going to be some firms that, you know, they take a little bit more time on that transition. Um, if you're staying with the webinars, the focus on that is not really the webinar, it's the lead nurturing. Whereas when you do a live workshop, the attorney needs to be focused on the content of the workshop and then converting the workshop attending into a client, you know, via consultation at the end of the workshop. With the webinar, it's more of, I got them to be interested in my webinar. Now I need an entire system in place at my firm so that we can get that person to engage with us over the telephone or over Zoom or over a consultation so that we can get them into the next step. And it's gonna take, just to be transparent and blunt that we've seen us throughout all the firms we've been working with, that's gonna take multiple touch points. We're talking like anywhere between four to 15 touch points, right? From the time that they sign up for your webinar to the follow-up, to getting them to remind them about the webinar, if it's an on-demand webinar, following up with them each time, you know, until they basically tell you to either go away or they, they get you engaged with that consultation. It's just the, the nurturing of that lead or that potential client or that webinar attendee is, is the important part. Whereas the workshop, it's more about the educational part of it and getting them in uh, before they leave that room. So, yeah, no, I like that because I mean, you almost have to kind of, and this kind of goes back to what you said before. It's almost like there's, there's different paths inside of your own business, right? Like whether you're going to do, you just have to think through the system of it and the kind of the strategic process of it, right? Like, Oh, somebody sees our website and they schedule a consultation. Like what's the next step or, Hey, someone comes to our webinar. What's the next step? Yeah. Someone calls our office. What's the next step? Right. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a really cool way to think about it. Almost like you said, just like systems and streams, but making sure that they all have the right amount of follow-up. So that's interesting. I think, I think things are going to be really interesting over the next six months. <laughs> well, that is about all I have. Um, normally I, I'll tell you what, no, nah, we'll, we'll save that for maybe a future episode. I'd like to have you back. I, I don't think we covered really a hundred percent of what's Bambas is what you do, everything like that. But I think we, we did enough justice for today because you really helped drive home some of the points I've been talking about over the uh, over the last few episodes. So I appreciate it. So um, I guess as we wrap up today, where's one place that we can go and find out more? Yeah, if you are an elder law or estate planning attorney or you know of one that's looking to uh, really just double down on their online presence, get some more potential clients coming in the door, you can visit us online at Bambas, B as in boy, A-M-B-I-Z like zebra dot net, N-E-T. All right, bambiz.net. So you guys can check that out in the show notes. You know, obviously this podcast is part of the bambiz.net family. So you can always head to elderlawgrowth.com or bambiz.net and um, check, you know, check everything out there. Jim's got some really cool videos I've taken a look at. He's, he, he, he likes, to th- he, he likes to think he's not good at him, but he, he really is. Don't, don't, don't be, don't be modest, Jim. There we go. Well, thanks for having me on. I had some fun and uh, hopefully we can do it again soon.
All right. Thank you very much for joining, Jim. So that is all we have for you guys today. As always, you can head to elderlawgrowth.com. Please subscribe to the show and please share the show if you do find value in this with anyone who you think might gain additional value in this as well. So that is all we have for you guys this week. Dan Hafner signing off. Make it a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.